Great, we have the privilege tonight of having Mamroti preach to us. Pastor Marsha, if you do not know her, is a mother in this house and an incredible, incredible woman. Can we welcome Pastor Marsha? husband. Now they all know. <laughs> um, I'm really looking forward to tonight because uh, I really believe that God has a unique word for everyone who's here. No matter your journey, no matter your situation, no matter your circumstance, God has your number. So I encourage you tonight, forget about the person next to you right? Forget about the worries of the week. Uh, forget about me and me preaching and just allow your heart to focus on God because God is here for you tonight, for you tonight. Um, I've asked Matt to play because I really felt like that's one of the things that the Holy Spirit wanted to, to do tonight, to minister to us through music, through song. Because even though we don't understand music or how it works sometimes, we know when we feel it, right? You know when you feel a song and it ministers something to your soul. And similarly with God, sometimes we don't know how to grapple with Him, how to engage with Him. But he's like a song in some ways. He just comes and he, he sings and he plays over the soul, um, over, over the, the issues of your life. And you feel something. And in that moment, something is shifted. So tonight, we're going to go on a journey of shifting our souls, allowing the Lord, the good, good Father, to shift our souls wherever they may need shifting. Let me pray now. Now is a good time to pray. God, I love you. We love you. So, 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 so much. But sometimes we forget that you love us and we just need a reminder. A reminder from heaven how in love you are with us how deeply committed you are to us, how you pursue us in every season. And tonight we open our hearts to hear from our Father, to allow our lives to be captured in this pursuit and to be reminded again of the Father's love in a new way, in a deep way, in a significant way, in a way that will, that must change us because it is impossible to encounter you, God, and your love and remain the same. So I pray tonight that you would have your way as we feast on your word, as we are children in the throne room just engaging with our dad, that truly your kingdom would come and your will 
be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. So last week, Pastor Roger got us started off on um, our series on the Good, Good Father. We are on the second installment um, where we are going to be focusing on how God is a good father and how he is a healing father, that there is no wound, there is no experience, there is no disappointment, there is no hopelessness that God cannot touch and reach and change. He promises in his word that he will use all things, not some things, but all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purposes. And that's you and I tonight. Tonight we're going to bring those places to God that we feel he cannot use, the broken parts of our souls, and say, God, use this. Because if anyone can use this, it is you, uncreated one. It is you, Holy Father, who stands alone, who knows the beginning from the end, the first and the last. And we can entrust our lives to you. So we are going to sit in the scripture that Pastor Roger spoke about last week, and that is... The parable of the lost son, which is found in Luke 15. So this young man brazenly goes to his father and he says, Dad, I want my inheritance now. Before you die, I want my inheritance. And in essence, what he's saying is that my inheritance, that which you are meant to give me at a certain time, is more important to me right now than being in relationship with you, then being with you in the season. So the father, probably heartbroken, I would guess, goes ahead and he separates his estate and he gives uh, this inheritance to his son. This was his youngest son. And the Bible says not long after that, he packed all his stuff and he left for a foreign land. And in this foreign land, he proceeded to squander his inheritance. He proceeded to live a wild life, his best life, as it were. <laughs> and he spent himself, he spent the thing that God had given him in wild living, in debauchery, to the point that he found himself broke and wanting, and as fate would have it, that land encountered a famine. And at that point, he was looking for a job, and um, he managed to convince a farmer to, to give him a job. And the farmer was like, okay, cool, you can come work for me, but the job that I'm going to give you is one of looking after the pigs. Now, if you know anything about Jewish people and pork, this was the worst job that he could have. But in his desperation, he went ahead and he did this job. And one day, sitting in the pigsty, feeding the pigs as hungry as ever, he thinks to himself, no man, something about this isn't right. Something about this isn't okay. The Bible says he came to his senses. And as he came to his senses, he made 
a decision to go home. He made a decision to go home to the Father. He may not have had the perfect revelation of who the Father was, but when he came to a place of coming to his senses, it was enough for him to turn his heart and go to the Father. And it says, as he was coming home, almost as though his father had been waiting, had been anticipating the arrival of his son, his father saw him from far off, and he ran to him. Without a second thought, the father ran to him. And when their paths collided, he embraced him, and he kissed him, and poured out his affection on him. Because once he was lost and now he is found. Once he was dead, but now he has been made alive. And no matter the decisions that he had made before to turn away from the Father, the Lord was ready to receive him. His Father was ready to receive him. And I want you to know tonight that your Father is ready to receive you. He's been waiting. He's been anticipating. He's been eager to come and meet you in those places of your heart where you turned away from him. He's ready tonight. And I want you to know that you are ready tonight. You are ready tonight. We are ready tonight. So I want to speak about three things. The first thing being the absent heart. The second thing being the place of awareness. And the third thing being the affections of the Father. I want to propose to you that when he asked his father for his inheritance and proceeded to pack everything that he had and leave for this distant land, he had been thinking about this for a while. He'd been considering this for some time. His heart had already been absent from the Father. His heart had already started wandering. Even in the presence of God, it is possible for your heart to wander. The absent heart is characterized by a lot of things, but mostly by a sense of discontentment and a sense of being disconnected. You are in worship, you're worshiping God, you're hearing the word, but it just bounces off your soul. Your soul cannot hold it. It's like pouring sand into hands that are not cupped, that are wide open and the sand just spills through. There's a discontentment where you know that you want and you need. But you just never seem to be filled. The heart is turned. It's turned away from the Father. For some of us, our hearts are turned because of disappointment, of hope deferred, of traumas in our life of things that have been done to us or things that we have done. 
And for some reason, we choose to turn our hearts to the Father. And tonight I want to focus on these two characters, the youngest son and the father. There is an older son, which I'm sure you're aware of, um, but I want to specifically focus on these because I believe that for those of us who have known salvation and are finding ourselves in this place of discontentment, this place of disconnection, this place of being unable to hold the love of God, the Father specifically wants to speak to those places in our hearts. And He wants to acknowledge that, yes, you are on this journey. And yes, I am with you on this journey. A heart that is discontent, a heart that is disconnected, cannot hold the love of God. But God's heart is whole. And he wants to marry his heart to our hearts that we may be able to hold his love fully. That when he says he loves us, we believe it. That when he says he likes us, we believe it. That when, we say, when he says he wants us, he's adopted us, that we believe it. And it doesn't fall in an empty space in our souls. He wants to fix that tonight for us. We see in verse 17 that he came to his senses. He came to a place of awareness. And this is what this means. He came to a place of realizing, one, the condition that his soul was in, the condition that his life was in, and secondly, the position that he had placed himself in. At any point, he could have gone home. Why is it that we wait till we are abased, till we are utterly lost and broken and there is nothing left of our souls to go back home. Why? He could have gone home at any moment, but he chose to remain lost. Even after he'd spent all that money, he chose to remain outside of relationship with the Father. He gave himself to be a slave, in essence. Working for another man. <laughs> Things that he, he turned away from doing for his own father. He gave himself to do for another man, for another master. Who cared nothing for him. He was in a foreign land. No friends, no family, no sense of identity, no sense of hope, no sense of future. And still he chose to remain lost. Why? <laughs> Why? Then he came to his senses. And there was this deep awareness of where he was. I want you to, to know, I want you to know tonight that awareness is a good thing. Awareness is a good thing. Allow your heart to come to a place of awareness, to know really truly where your soul is, where your soul is lacking, where your soul desires, where your soul is pining, where your soul is broken, where your soul is discontent and dis uh, disengaged. 
allow your soul to come to that place because you need that awareness. Because until you are aware, you will choose to remain lost. You will choose to remain a slave to whatever you've given yourself to, that you may eat, that you may survive. Your portion is not to survive. That is not your portion. Your portion is to thrive. Your portion is to rule. Your portion is to live in abundance. Your portion is to live in perfect communion with the Father. But you need to come. We need to come to a place of awareness and come again to a place of awareness and come again to a place of awareness. When he came to that place of awareness, he made the decision to go home. How many of you know that that was a distance? That was a journey. And on that journey, he had to keep choosing to stick to the path, to go to the Father, to believe. It says he realized that even the servants, even the slaves in his father's home were treated better than he was being treated right there. He was willing to go back to the Father as a servant. But he went. He went. Let's go. Let's go. No matter that the infinite revelation that we have of who God is and how he is, let's go. Because ultimately he is good. God has defined himself. And he is not moved. He will remain father to you. No matter if you come to him and you say, I am not worthy. Even if you take me as a servant. He has purposed in his heart to be father to us. He has made a covenant with himself and with us to remain father. There is nothing that will change God's mind about who he has purposed to be to you and to me. It's good to be aware of what we need. Because it also brings us to a place of realizing that, you know, the place that I'm at right now will never meet my need. The relationship that I'm in right now will never meet the depth of my need. The job that I have, the friends that I have, the car that I drive. Choose your drug of choice. It will never be enough because by design, you need the Father. In all his eternalness, you need the Father. Recognizing his need, he goes. And in verse 20, it says, So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. You can read the rest of the story. At no point does the father say, Yo, where were you? What were you doing? Oh, you know what? I actually knew. I've always known you have this, this thing 
right? I've always felt that you were going to leave me. No, at no point. But God pours out his affection. The father runs, embraces, kisses, holds. And he is more relieved that his son has come home than he is in need of an explanation. The son goes ahead and he explains himself and he says, I have sinned against heaven and I've sinned against you and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. And this is what verse 22 says, but the father said to his servants, quick, quick, bring the, the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. God has been waiting. And even for those of us who have known salvation and taken the good things that God has given us, right? And gone and spent them in the world. He's been waiting. And he's made an appointment with every single one of our souls. I, um, I've had the privilege of having an amazing father, amazing father. Um, so grateful to God that he gave me that man as a father. And um, he was a Swallows fan, just a lighthearted so I can bring my emotions down. <laughs> and um, he actually, he passed away in 2015, in this week that we're going into now. And uh, man, I had the most incredible relationship with my father. And not because he was perfect. No, no, not at all. He wasn't perfect, but... Um, my husband always teases that I, I walk into the room and I expect everyone to like me. Um, and I kind of do. <laughs> because I kind of think I'm likable, right? I, I really feel like I'm likable. And that's because in my relationship with my father, he instilled such a sense of, you're okay, kid. Not only are you okay, you're actually quite cool. You're likable. You're lovable. So all that other stuff, it doesn't really land well with me because the love of my father has conditioned me to expect to be received, to be accepted. It has conditioned me to know that I deserve love. And that if I'm not receiving love, I don't... I, something about that is not okay. And that I don't need to perform and do all kinds of tricks to receive that affection, that love. Because my dad was so present for me. I was so busy um, as a kid. All kinds of sports, all kinds of extra recreational stuff, debate, public speaking, netball, swimming, everything. Even uh, when I was a teenager, I started partying just a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> just a tad. <laughs> My dad would take me to those parties. He would. And I'd say, 
okay, I think the party is going to end at 12. Half past 11, my dad would be outside waiting for me. He wouldn't, I mean, I think he kind of knew that. (laughs) But in the way that he would receive me, the, the kind of environment that he created for my soul, I knew that even when he asked me, how was the party, what happened? He wasn't waiting to pounce on me and judge me, but he was just creating a place for me to be and to be known and to feel whole. He was so present for me and I'm I'm so thankful for that. In his amazingness, there are some places where he, he fell short. And you know what? I'm okay with that. There was a season where I wasn't. Because there's some places where I had wished my dad would show up in a particular way. Where he would have spoken up for me. Where he would have spoken up for himself. Where he would have spoken up for us as a family. But for whatever reason, he didn't. Or he, he couldn't. Whatever the reason was. And there was a season in high school where I really, really struggled with that. And I believe that... For some of us in our engaging with our heavenly father, with our perfect father, we still have the remnants of how our fathers, our mothers, our caregivers, those people who were meant to cover us, weren't there for us in the way that we needed for them to be there for us. And God wants us to know that that's okay. That's okay. Because he wants to rearrange that because he has defined himself. He is a good father. He's a good father in the way that he loves you. He is a good father in the way that he pursues you. He is a good father in the way that he provides for you. He's a good father in the way that he is present for you. He is a good father in the way that he shows up for you. He's good. There are no shifting of shadows in him because he is good. But we need to personalize that goodness because he is good to me in the way that he pursues me, in the way that he loves me, in the way that he provides for me, in the way that he is present for me. That's his nature. <laughs> there is a difference between um, trusting and entrusting. And I believe for many of us, we trust, we trust the Lord. We trust him. We trust that he is all these things. But have we really entrusted our hearts to him? Have we done that deep surrender, that deep act of surrendering our hearts to him and trusting that he will do what he says he will do and that we can give him our hearts totally and completely? So tonight we're going to end off the service with some ministry time. And there's a song that's been uh, on my heart as I've been preparing for this. And 
There will be no words deliberately. So don't look for the words. <laughs> because this is not the time to trying to be engaging things, but it's the time to allow your heart to engage with the Holy Spirit. And I really feel the invitation is that we would be a people who entrust our hearts to God. And that means bringing the disappointments. That means bringing the brokenness. That means bringing the disillusionment. That means bringing that sense of I'm disconnected even in your presence, bringing that to him and trusting that he knows what to do with it. You do not have to know how God is going to heal your heart. You don't have to know. Trust me, you don't have to know. It's cool to know sometimes, but it's not your knowing that makes it work. So um, as we sing the song, I just encourage you, um, if the ministry team can please come up, that in any way, if you felt any level of brokenness or disappointment when it comes to your relationship with God, if in any way you have turned your heart from the Father and pursued other things, wherever you are in your journey, that as we sing the song, as we allow the song to minister to us, that you just take your time, take the, all the time that you need to make the journey back to the Father. And we'll pray together. Amen. Ministry team, if you could please come up.
not be afraid, but to entrust the processes of our hearts to you. Thank you, God, for your love. Thank you, God, for your affections that you pour out on us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the journey that you have us on, and we, we choose you again tonight. We choose you again tonight. 